It's time for Diva Live, the number one radio show in the private service industry. Diva Live is a radio show that allows private service professionals to discuss topics that pertain to their industry. Now, here are your hosts, Diva National President Matthew Hack and private service professional DJ Haverkamp. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Dima Live. Dima Live is a radio show intended to bring private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. Dima Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those that serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. For our live show listeners, you can log into blogtalkradio.com website to submit your questions online. You can also text your questions to 313-404-3998. Once again, that number is 313-404-3998. My name is Matthew Hack. I'm the president of the Domestic Estate Management Association, and today I'm going to be joined by my co-guest ho- uh, guest host, DJ Haverkamp, who is a private service professional based in the New York area. We are also very excited to have on today's special guest. Um, we're, going to, uh, we're going to be talking with Miss Gina Murphy-Darling on the topic of sustainable living and the private service industry. Gina is a leader and educator in the global sustainability movement. Love lovingly referred to as Mrs. Green's World, she is a fellow podcaster who is working to increase awareness and knowledge regarding the topic of sustainability. Gina was a panelist on a panel held recently at the DEMA National Convention in Scottsdale, Arizona. Her presentation was so well received, so we decided to ask her to join us on DEMA Live so that our entire audience could get to know and membership could get to know what she has to present regarding sustainability. Mrs. Green's world is based in Tucson, Arizona, and we will be getting to know all about her and her background as we progress through the show. But for now, let me go ahead and welcome DJ to the show. DJ, welcome to Dima Live. It's good to be back on the air with you. How's everything going there in New York? Everything is great, Matt. It's a beautiful day here in New York. Um, we had a great chapter meeting here earlier in the, the I mean, last week, I guess it's already been last week. Um, but I, I can't tell you how excited I am about today's show in light of uh, what's been happening with the United Nations and some of the great things that have been happening in the news lately with, uh, with sustainability and green living. So I'm really excited about today's show. I am right there with you, DJ. I think today's show is going to be off the, off the hook, so to speak, and uh, that's because we have uh, Gina on the show with us today. And uh, after getting a chance to meet her and see her present on the stage, her energy is infectious, and uh, we are excited to have you here on the show with, it, with, with us today. Gina, how are you? I am awesome and very excited to be here with you, too. Well, we are, we are very excited to, to get moving forward, but let me start by saying how grateful we are to have you take time out of your busy day to be on the show today. Uh, in planning for the show, DJ and I have come to the conclusion that the topic of sustainability is just too big to do justice in a 45-minute session. So we have asked Gina if she would be uh, able to do two episodes with us, one today and one next week. Um, so she has said that she would be willing to do that. So during today's show, we want to explore the nature of the sustainability problem 
So basically, we want to dive into what is sustainability, why are we having issues with it, um, how did we get here, uh, what, what is exactly meant by sustainable living. Then next week during our discussion, we want to discuss some ideas for ways that we can all become uh, better and, and start living in a more sustainable way, both as individuals and as leaders within households and properties we help to care for. So, Gina, thank you so much for being willing to take the time to do two shows with us. Um, I thought that maybe we could start off by having you share with our listeners a little bit of your background and how you came to be an educator and leader in the area of sustainability. You know, Matt, I love looking in the rearview mirror because you can learn a lot, and it's not the same as Monday morning quarterbacking, but in retrospect, now in this important journey I feel I've been picked to take as Mrs. Green, I was being prepared for it my whole life. I worked, my parents were very conscious about waste and about eating healthy and about thrifting and all those good things that are values that were given to me that I wasn't aware of. And then I spent my professional career up until I became Mrs. Green in social services. And they're actually a, a learning ground. All of the families that I met with and, and helped and learned from were at risk for various means, you know, various reasons like lack of food, lack of income, um, not enough tools in their toolbox. So I was being prepared for a consciousness about how we all show up in the world and that we're a global community and all of the different needs. And then I went to the rainforest, and that was the highlight of the journey. I went to the rainforest in Peru, and I started getting these messages about we are not going to be able to keep taking, taking, taking from Mother Earth. We're one planet. It's one <laughs> One little planet, you can see it when you go up in the airplane, and it doesn't have unlimited supply for the demands that people are putting on it. So Mrs. Green was born, and I pretty much have never looked back. It's, it's, it's an honor to be on your show and to be able to have a voice on another radio show. It's like game on. Yes, I love it. Well, I think that that's the key is being able to, to utilize different platforms to be able to spread the word on whatever – you know, your passion is. And, and for you, obviously, st sustainability is that passion. Um, we at DEMA completely support that. Um, and we've had, you know, several shows on it. We've done presentations on it. Uh, we've had the convention where we had an entire panel of, uh, of people that have uh, implemented it, whether it's private service professionals or the actual suppliers and vendors that are part of DEMA that have uh, gone, gone green, so to speak. So, when it comes to the concept of sustainable living, can you give us a summary of what sustainability is to you? You know, it's just a very simple concept if you take the time to look, about, look at it. I feel like I'm an educator and that I am trying to not just teach people, but kind of raise the consciousness, laser sharp your focus on how do you live in the world each day? What are you wasting? What are you using that you don't need? What are you doing to impact the planet that might be out of harmony with the natural cycles? And, I mean, there are many examples. Are you leaving lights on? Are you, you know, eating fast food? And there's a whole bunch of things that go with that. Are you leaving the water on when you're brushing your teeth? 
They are simple things. Are you spraying chemicals into the air and calling it air freshener? You know what I mean? So it's a consciousness of using only what you need, leaving more for those that are coming behind you. And it's, it's, I try to get it down to the little kernel of everything I do makes a difference. Every product I put on my body, every restaurant I frequent, every kind of food that I make or buy, there's, there's a, a chain connected to it. And if we're conscious of the chain, I believe we can make better choices, we will have fewer choices, and the consequences will not be as grave as if we don't start making those changes rapidly. What kind of car do I drive? I mean, the list goes on. So it's not overwhelming if you come from the place of looking at each individual action you take. Does that make sense? I com- no, that makes complete sense. And what I was going to say is, you know, while you were talking, I, I was I was thinking to myself, and um, I, I find it interesting. And I and I don't know if you've done any work um, or research regarding generational uh, people and aspects. So, you know, we have the baby boomers, we have the Gen Xers, and now we have the millennials. And um, it, it seems as though as times change, you know, we went through the '80s, and it was all about consumption and big cars and fast money and, you know, some other things that probably weren't too healthy for us to be doing. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, the Gen Xers got used to living at home and, and being latchkey kids and not having, you know, their, their parents around. So then the Gen Xers turned around and said, well, you know what, we're going to be home more for our kids. And now we've created the millennials. And I, I see things out there that seem to be changing from a millennial aspect where I think when I was a kid, I don't think we ever really looked at from a Gen X position. I don't think we ever looked at the, at the environment. It wasn't a big concern. Whereas now it seems like the millennials are definitely more concerned with the harmony of, uh, of, of the, of the, of the global planet. Um, So I I find that interesting. And I don't know if you've ever done any, any research on that, but it'd be interesting to see, you know, you're you're spot on. You are absolutely spot on. The research is there and just in in the in the area of i mean phoenix is one of the largest five, fifth largest cities in the country and i have offices there and in tucson and what the millennials are doing is you are absolutely right they are living downtown they are living in smaller houses they are opting to not drive cars not own cars they want bike paths they want local food establishments they want farmers markets they're changing the landscape and the ripple effect especially like in university towns, whereas you just wanted prime real estate and have rental houses around university campuses, well, the millennials are going to the core of, of that and shaking it up and saying, no, we'd rather live in an apartment where we have a bike, where we can use public transportation. We don't need a whole house. So there's, I mean, I think we're seeing some very positive shifts shifts when it comes to the consciousness of that generation they're smart they get it yeah absolutely i, I just I, I don't know why that popped in my head but when you were talking i just started thinking back about when i was uh when i, I i've got a i've got a 10 year old um and some of the things that he's been coming home and talking with me about i'm just like man i i don't even think i was thinking about those things when i was 10 so uh, <laughs> i know, it's, uh, I know. It's, it's i'm sure i wasn't <laughs> But uh, but anyways, can you give us some examples of, of, you know, we're talking about harmony and nature cycles of the planet. 
what are some of the areas of, of concern when we talk about natural cycles of the planet? Like what, like what, what is that? Well, you know, the natural cycles of the planet, there's cycles that you can look at where we had cooling cycles and ice age and on and on and on. And what I say to that is when in any of those cycles in the history of time were there, were we on a trajectory to have 9 billion people on the planet? I mean, Matt, it changes the whole conversation. We've never had that. That's the answer. So the concerns that you might say you're going to look at and learn from the past, I think it's it's all that is really a moot point. When you look at we've, we have increased our food production 70% in the past 50 years. Where was that in any cycle? When we're using 70% of our water for that agriculture, really huge demands being put on water, which is not a renewable resource, okay? So my concerns are our compromised food supply, the lack of diversity in that food supply. We're going down from, you know, maybe 1,500 varietals in an apple to 12. Well, then that makes everything scary, not to mention genetically modified food, how our food supply has been compromised, food security that's being impacted by droughts and floods and, you know, global warming. There it is. Energy. You know, I don't get it about energy. I don't think this is a political conversation at all. And I have to take a little time on this one. When it comes to energy, the only renewable natural resource is the sun. And DJ and I had a conversation about it. And when you dumb it down, that's it. There's no there's no end and end because even if you use wind and if you use wave energy, it all starts with the sun. And what are we doing? We're trying to find creative ways to extract more oil out of the ground. And it doesn't make sense to me from any point of view other than to make money. Um, where we live, it depends on where we live, because if you drive from Tucson to Phoenix, you're not worried about how people are living and overcrowding and the beat goes on. If you're living in some of the most highly populated cities in the world, where there is, of course, the most abject poverty, the kinds of dwellings that we're building and where people have to live and migration to cities is a huge issue. Um, the issue of land use, whether you want to go to areas like deforestation and why that is so critically important for us, that we need that oxygen to breathe, literally, every breath we take, and how we're using land or in many cases how we're abusing land to basic, and we're killing large quantities of land by insecticides, um, herbicides, and pesticides. And then a conversation can be had for 16 shows on the impact that toxic chemicals have had on our own individual health, on the health of the planet, on the health of all of the creatures living in the sea and on the land. I mean, our use of toxic chemicals, and I'm, I'm 66, okay? I'll, I will be 66. I cannot think of a toxic chemical in my home when I was growing up because my mother used things, not making this up, like vinegar. We cleaned with vinegar. I hated it because it stunk. I don't like that. And, you know, she hung the clothes outside. There were no dryer sheets you know, layering us with toxic chemicals. So from that simple 
of a of a conversation and and we used bar soap we washed our hands with a bar of soap not an antibacterial soap so the levels of of toxicity that we are exposed to on a daily basis in our homes and everywhere we go should be of some concern so do you think i feel feel passionate about some of these issues <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can certainly tell you've thought some about this gina that's great I just wanted to mention, you know, I'm I'm a beekeeper by as a hobby, and I know that over the past ten years or so, there's been a, a big decline in the the number of honeybees. Honeybees around the world have been in a bit of a state of decline, and it's really made me much more sensitive to the environment and things of an environmental nature. And as as we were planning for this show, I was just thinking about some of the history that went into how we kind of got into this sort of mess that we're in when it comes to the environment and some of the issues that we're dealing with. And I was just wondering, you know, we've, we've, you've already mentioned some of the things, but, and, and in Matt's comments, even earlier with the, the Gen Xers and the baby boomers and even your own personal history, Gina, with, with vinegar and using things, but I would like to reflect and maybe have you kind of share with us your insights on what it is that has happened and how is it that we've come to be here? And as you look back, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of history. How did we, what has happened over the past, say, 100 years, 200 years that has kind of gotten us into the place we're at today? You know, DJ, I think I've had conversations with you. I think you you could answer this with me and feel free to interject but if everybody presses pause for a moment and thinks about what has happened in our country just our country alone in the last i would say 50 to 70 years which in the history of time is a nanosecond everything has changed nothing is the same energy use think about how many tvs you had in your home if you're if you're even over 40 you grew up with one television, nobody had cell phones, nobody had computers in their own home. So the energy use for just that phenomenon alone in terms of our mobile devices and our being attached to our gizmos, it changed the landscape forever. And never in the history of mankind have we seen anything that even is close to it. It excites me, it's daunting to me, it's challenging to me. How about plastics? When I grew up, I don't even remember. Like, it's just, and it's not that long ago. It's not like I'm 300 years old, guys. It's like there's just been so much change in the in what is manufactured that is now so pathetically and sadly disposable. And the, the answer is plastics. They're toxic. They're made from toxic, you know, from mostly from a petroleum byproduct. They leach. They're water-intensive. Everything because of, you know, getting next to the big societal change of everything for convenience. And we can blame it on women going in the workforce because we needed a meal that was fast and convenient and easy to prepare. Everything changed from experiencing meals, experiencing tasting food, to it's got to be fast. It's got to be convenient. And you have to have the, you know, the hip modern thing. I mean, the drastic changes, the proliferation of fast food. These are things that I love to bring up to people that um, we, we've never seen that in the history of mankind. And what about wastefulness? 
people it shocks me and i am not i am not the the stereotype of a tree hugger i don't live in a yurt you know i don't wear just 100% cotton clothing i'm more typical of what people are in, in real life the masses but waste people throw clothes in the garbage they order too much food they waste a ton of food i mean it just is a mindset of it and i don't think it's a mean spirited mindset it's worse it's an unconscious mindset that there's going to be unlimited supply that we can we'll get more we'll make more we'll find more my food comes from a grocery store and that's the part that you know saddens me and i think we have to shift that consciousness and a lot of things have the potential to change very quickly yeah i think that's so well said gina and and i think even in light of matt's comments earlier with his son i think there is a real a growing awareness and a growing uh, consciousness that's beginning to happen amongst especially the younger people uh, yes. but i think that the efforts and the energy still needs to be put into making people more and more aware of what situation we're in because like you said we really do get lethargic and it's very easy to get complacent and this is not an issue that we can become complacent about no there's a lot at risk here folks <laughs> like the planet yeah i wanted to just to discuss take a couple minutes and talk about energy because i think a, a lot of people you know in our earlier discussions you and i were discussing this i think a lot of people don't really fully understand the nature of energy and how critical it is to this topic of sustainability. So do, could you maybe walk us through just some of your thoughts on how energy is involved in this big picture? I think to crystallize it, it's, it's kind of like the, the big black cloud, literally and figuratively, that's surrounding this whole planet, okay? Because our massive consumption of energy in all of its forms is literally what's killing us and, and speeding up the trajectory of global warming, CO2 emissions, methane, the beat goes on. And, and it is simple, DJ, and thanks. I loved our conversations earlier. When you think about, let's just take this country, literally American Indians lived on, they, they went to bed with, when the sun went down, they got up when the sun went up. They heated their homes with the sun. That was the story. There was no space heater in any of the um, the pueblos, the homes that I have visited. It really mattered. They were using what is provided to us every day that is truly the only renewable source. So you take that, and again, it's not so long ago in the history of time. Petroleum, coal, natural gas, don't ever get me started on fracking because we'll have to do a third show, and the use of fossil fuels. It's astronomical. It's almost immeasurable from just the 1850s of what was then to what is now. And I think it's for the, for the average man and woman on the street, which is how I started this journey, if you think about it rationally and logically and just look at the numbers, it's daunting. 
of how things have speeded up. And I want to highlight methane gas. I mean, it's it's it could be harnessed for energy, as you and I know, if we could just harness that. But instead, we have these cows producing gas because they're their input is horrible. They're not supposed to be eating corn. They're supposed to be eating grass. So their output is horrible. And, um, you know, it all comes back to the crux of it is how are we living in harmony with that natural environment, with the sun, and what has man done to change that trajectory? Because that's what it comes down to. And that's the daunting part, but it can also be the hopeful part. Does that make sense? It it really does because that's that's what this is really all about is the energy aspect of all of this, and I know that like if we could figure out a way to break the connection to petroleum, coal, and natural gas, that uh, our 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 problems would be greatly greatly reduced. And if I just might add, the mindset, the shift in consciousness that I believe that has to happen, all comes down to our willingness to consume less. And that's one of the biggest shifts for me. I don't leave lights on anymore. I really try to keep the house warmer in the summer and cooler in the winter. I put a sweater on. I put the fan on. Because if hundreds of millions of us do that, you start seeing any energy efficiencies that are really scalable and that you can measure and that takes some of the pressure off, um, literally take the pressure off Mother Earth and, you know, our greenhouse. And it's really, it's, it's once you shift and that awareness kicks in, it's easy. I so, mean, it really is. There, there are things you can do. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's, that's so, that's such a, that's a huge statement what you just said, because I'm going to throw a number out there, 170 years is basically what we're looking at from a change from, you know, fossil fuels till now it's been 170 years. And that's basically right. two generations. I mean, that's literally, that's, that's almost less than, you know, two generations, right. Uh, of people that, that have grown that shows you how much society has changed. It shows you how much we've advanced in technology and it shows you how much we've all changed with one major key component. And I think it goes right back to what you said earlier, and that's convenience. Everyone lives very fast paced lives and everyone's looking for the most convenient way to make dinner. Whatever happened to sitting down at the dinner table and having a discussion with your family, right? You sit down, you talk about what went on that, uh, uh, you know, with your kids for the day, your spouse, whoever that other special person is. And you talk about what, 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 what happened now, we sit down. We all have our phones sitting next to us. We're all waiting for that next text message. Yeah, it's so, um, you so know, and true it's a, and so sad. And it's, a, and it's a complete battle to just be able to shut everything down, every electronic component, shut it down um, just for a little bit to be able to, you know, to re-energize your own personal batteries, um, you know, internally. So I don't think, um, I don't think it's a, a surprise that, you know, my, my, my next question is, you know, I, I was going to ask you how serious the problem is, Gina, but I, th- I think I think it's pretty self-explanatory <laughs> when we can't all sit down and just have a discussion without peeking over at our phones to see who's texting us or emailing us. So, but and you what know are, what? what I, are, 
I have to admit that I can be one of those people and have to hold myself in check because our brains almost, I, I think our brains do get rewired. And like in our family, my niece, who is 26 years old, she now, because her younger sister was doing the phone thing during dinner, we have what we call a phone stack. Before you go into the dining room, we stack our phones. And it's, there's no exceptions. Everybody has to keep their phone out of the range. And I'd love to ask you guys if you've noticed this, even in the past week, because I have. I went out to dinner with a friend and my husband, and we sat down, and this family of four came in. And I am not exaggerating. They sat down, they got their menus, they ordered, and all four of them immediately proceeded to get on their own phones. And I'm like, why are you here? Why are you eating together? Why don't you just go to a fast food drive through and go back and be, be, be on your phones? And that's very sad to me and very reflective of the lack of consciousness we have to all that that one thing that I observed implies. It's a big, it's a big deal. Absolutely. So, so what, are, what, what, what are the scientists saying, you know, how serious of a problem are we looking at here? Are we are we doing the edited version or the or the truth hurts? Because hey, what, whatever, whatever. How do you how do you feel today, Gina? <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's we are on a very very grave and serious trajectory, and that if we flipped a switch tomorrow and reduced all CO2 emissions by fifty percent, we are still far enough out that there are going to be some dire consequences. And unless you're living in a cave, you're noticing mega fires, you're noticing mega floods, you're noticing mega droughts, you're reading about complete dead zones in the oceans, you're reading about old growth forests being destroyed forever, dot, 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 infinity. They're not ever coming back, not in 50,000 years. It's like they're not coming back. I think it's grave, I think it's serious, and you can either shut down and do nothing or say, even if we have a 10% chance of shifting the the trajectory, isn't it worth it? Let's take that chance, and what can I do today to show up on the planet? And, you know, I used to write about meatless Mondays. How about a meat Monday once a month instead of meatless Mondays? I mean, I hate to pick on cows, but they're a huge, you know, cause of methane gas and polluters, you know, the fashion industry. Everywhere you touch, there's places where we are in a position of take, 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 consume, 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 create, 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 bad, bad, bad stuff. And we've got to not just slow it down. We've got to put severe brakes on. What are scientists saying? Most scientists that are not political about this, when I get them off the air, I say, is there hope? Some of them say no. (laughs) Just say, no matter what we do, no. Some of them say, of course, there's always hope. But we have to be dramatic, we have to be immediate, and we have to be willing to be extreme in the changes we make, major shifts. 
All right, so that that's completely sobering, right? What what you're saying that's is that's the dark you know, side, some, it's really right? True. That's the that's completely the dark side. So I'm gonna take a completely different spin on this, Gina, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be your average, probably typical person, and they're gonna say, you know what, it, it, this is this is all a phenomenon. The the fact that we're having Hurricane Matthew, which by the way. Hurricane Matthew is not my fault, so I don't know why it's named after me. <laughs> but, but I always wanted a hurricane I, named after me. So, yeah, we haven't had a Hurricane Gina. <laughs> so, but anyway, so, I mean, you know, people are looking at these these events, right? And, and they're looking at them and they're saying, okay, well, that's not because of what I purchased. That's not because of how I live my life. That's because everyone else is living their life that way. And if I make changes in my life, that's not going to be that big of a deal. I'm just one person. So my question is, why do you think this isn't a bigger concern? Maybe I just answered it with what I just said, but why don't you think this is a bigger concern? And how do we change the mindset of people that are in that mindset? I wish I had all the answers for that, Matt. And to me, when I go really to a very deep place to answer that question it all comes down to we have forgotten our connection with nature. We have forgotten the source. We have forgotten what puts food in our mouths and on our tables. We have forgotten what puts clothes on our back. Everything is disposable, convenience, packaged, homogenized, and we have lost our connection to Mother Earth. And it doesn't matter if you believe in, you know, this is a mega storm or this is a mega fire. Just think about we don't have unlimited supply of many of the things that we're flying through so fast, we're not even tracking it. So it's a very, to me, it's a very, it's a, it's a wonderful question to ask. How can we really reconnect with, believe me, farmers connected, right? That was, that was not so long ago when there was so much farmland. People living in rural areas, living that, that are still living in the Amazon, they take what they need, they find ways to use what they don't. The buffalo, the American buffalo, they just, you know, use everything you can. Here's the skin for this, here's the hooves for this, here's the meat for this. And we have no sense of that anymore, Matt. It's just our consciousness and our awareness about these things, it's not even like we're ignoring it. We forgot it, and my journey has profoundly made me realize that I get starving for nature. I literally do, mm -hmm. and my team knows it. I'm like, okay, I've got to go to Greer. That's my happy place, and I literally have to go and be around trees, <laughs> breathe clean air, go to a place where there's not a lot of noise, and then value that. It really matters. So I think it's, it's, in, it's in us. We have to reconnect with it. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I've got, um, I've got family that's up in Northern Wisconsin and um, you know, the statement that I always hear from them is that, you know, whenever the government gets involved, involved with things, they seem to like just completely flip things, the polar opposite. Um, so, right. so when you talk about, you know, timber wolves or you talk about um, you know, the timber wolf situation where they, you know, they went ahead and they put timber wolves back into the, uh, into the area up in, in Northern Wisconsin um, now there's no bears. Now there's no black bears. 
So then they went ahead and they said, well, we can go ahead and we can get rid of, you know, uh, the timberwolves. So you can hunt the timberwolves. Well, then the black bears came back and then all the deer started diminishing. So it's, it's this influx of like trying to balance. And if you get too over involved in, you know, trying to fix situations instead of just living the right way, then hopefully we don't have to get the government involved as much. Um, but with that being said, I do want to move in real quickly, Gina. Um, as we always do, we always make some announcements during the, uh, during the radio show. Uh, this week, I wanted to announce that tomorrow in the Hamptons, if you're in the Hamptons and you're a private service professional listening uh, to this uh, podcast uh, and radio show, please note that you guys have a meeting tomorrow night in your area. And uh, you'll be able to uh, go and uh, have a great evening with your, your colleagues that are there in the Hamptons. We're also going to be having uh, events uh, across the country uh, the last week of October. Uh, we have events that are going to be happening in Houston, in um, Miami, Naples, New York, uh, Palm Beach, San Diego, Scottsdale, and Washington, D.C. So uh, stay tuned. If you want to learn more about those uh, meetings, please feel free to head on to the DEMA website. You can look under our events tab under monthly chapter meetings, and you'll be able to register and learn more about those events. So um, that is what we have going on. And uh, DJ, uh, I know that you've done a lot of preparation for the show, so let's go ahead and let you uh, get back involved in the discussion with Gina. Okay, Matt. I just wanted to really uh, make a quick comment with regard to what you guys were just discussing as far as maybe what it is that's needed to, to get things moving. And I think it really comes down to leadership. And I think in some ways that that's what the association is about. That's why we had the panel at the convention. That's why we're having this podcast today is it's really, I think the association can act as a real um, catalyst for change in this area. Awareness, it's all about making people, getting it on your radar. And if you're thinking about it, you will make a change. You will start to, to do the things that need to be done to, to fix this problem. And I think that the young people today see this and they are really trying to take some aggressive steps. They realize their future is in the balance but I would also say that from my perspective in private service, I see a lot of the people that, that are that people who, who work in private service are usually captains of industry. And they, I mean, people who we're serving are captains of industry. And so what I'm seeing is with my principal and other principals that I've interacted with in my service is that industry is very aware of this. People in big business see this as a real problem, not only as a problem, but as an opportunity. And I think that as we go forward, you're going to see some big things coming out of industry towards, towards making this happen and make changes in this regard as well. DJ, so, I, just, I would love to comment if I may. Yeah, sure, Gina. I could not agree with you more. The, when you see some of the massive efforts that are being undertaken and implemented by some of the biggest companies in the world, not just in the United States, it's heartening because they get it. They understand what will happen to their industry if there isn't water, if there isn't a healthy work supply, right. That's if there right. aren't 
enough articles of, of you know raw materials to produce the things that they need. And I, I agree with you that there are industry leaders that stand out, and there's you know efficiencies. They're trying to find efficiencies, and it's it's very encouraging when I get to interview people that are what I call thought leaders, and they get it. There's no convincing. And I, I want to yeah. make a comment about the convention because it's where I met all of you, and just say to everyone how. From the, you know, you guys had me from hello, the warm welcome that I got, the consciousness. I love the people from Butler's brand. I'm connecting with the man that was there, um, Juan, with natural mattresses. So here I am as a, you know, an edu- environmental educator walking into a very well connected, very fun, I might add, group of people. <laughs> and I was like, my big regret was that I didn't come up the night before to join the party. But it was, it's kudos because there was such a level of consciousness and understanding with anyone I interacted with that day. So I just had to get that in. Yeah, well, that think, was, that was think, a great. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, Jade. Nope, you're good, dude. Go go for it, DJ. Well, I was just I was gonna, you know, I, we we had a great convention, but I was just gonna say too that sometimes when you work in private service, that you can feel a little isolated, and I think that for those folks in our industry who are working for folks who work in big industry, the 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 association's theme is serving those who serve others, and we industry that we work for are actually serving the whole of the world by trying to address some of these problems. And what our members do in private service is really making it possible so that they can do the things that really need to be done to address this problem. And I think sometimes we forget that when we work in private service. I know we're running out of time. There's so much more we could talk about. So, um, you know, Matt, if there's any of the last things you want to have us talk about, let's, let's go there. So, so let's go ahead real quickly. I mean, we've got we got about three and a half minutes here, Gina. Um, what I, I do want to do is that. I want. I know it's crazy, right? We we start oh. talking about things that we that we're passionate about and time flies. So, um, what I do want to try here is I want to try something a little bit different. What I'd like to do is I would like to pick up most of the monitors on the seventeen goals. Um, that are global goals for sustainability development. And I definitely want to talk about that because I think it's extremely important. I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's something that we need to talk, talk about as a, as a group. But what I want to do is, Gina, I want to give out your contact information so that people can maybe send us some email questions and we can maybe tackle some of those on next week's show if that's all right with you. I would love that. I would love that. Okay. So to find out all about Mrs. Green's World, it's really simple. You go to mrsgreensworld.com, and, of course, we're on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, and they're all the same, Mrs. Green's World. And it's really easy to find us. If you want to contact me directly, I would love it. And my email is Gina, G-I-N-A, at mrsgreensworld.com. And I'd love for your listeners to connect with me. Give me show suggestions, topics they'd like to hear about, questions they might need answers. And, you know, I am here to serve, and I love it when I'm asked. Excellent. Well, we are... 
we are very blessed to be able to have met you, to be able to have you at convention and again here on the radio show. So I wanted to uh, take a, a second and just thank you, Gina, for being on the show today. Uh, DJ, as always, thank you so much for joining me. I think you bring so many great things to the show uh, from a private, uh, private service perspective. And um, if anyone has any questions regarding how you can become more involved in your local chapter of DEMA, or if you have questions about the private service industry, please feel free to contact us at info at domesticmanagers.com. Once again, that's I-N-F-O at domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you have suggestions for a potential topic or guest that you would like us to interview, please contact us at that same email. Our show is available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com and also on iTunes. If you subscribe, you will be notified when we post our most recent episode. We will be back next Wednesday, October the 12th, to continue our discussion on sustainability. Gina, we look forward to having uh, look forward to having you and your ideas and hopefully some questions from our audience. If anyone would like to submit your ideas, please submit your uh, ideas and comments to info at domestic managers or send them directly to Gina. Once again, I want to thank everyone for being on the show. We will be back at our normal time next week, which is 12 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, look forward to hearing everyone on the show and having Gina back on the show with us as well. I've been your host, Matthew wait. Hack, in behalf, <laughs> and on behalf of all of my colleagues and staff at DEMA, Thank you so much for allowing us to continue to serve those who serve others. Thank you guys so much. It was my pleasure and honor. You're welcome, Gina. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Yes. Make it a great right. green week. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>